Do you ever wish your diapers had prints? Prints like the ones you wore as a kid. I know you can squish and I'm here to convince those kinky dreams diapers you won't want to rid. Put any print, any print that you find. As long as you find it, they'll make it on time. These custom-made diapers, they'll feel like a dream. A dream I am having for you and for me. Use promo code PLAYTIME. It's spelled with a Y. For 10% off your total supply. Because Kinky Dreams diapers are the diapers for you. They'll make your little dreams, your little dreams come true. Hello, 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 and welcome to Newsies Nook, a podcast where you can sit and relax while I try not to wet my pants. I am your host, Newsy Baby. This week in Newsies Nook, I tell you about a few kink events happening around the country, plus how you can make an adult baby bottle with three pieces. Also, diaper furs have entered the chat. Then I sit down with one doggo that is starting a pup night in a not-so-kinky town. This week in Newsies News, you may have seen a lot of furries come out as diaper furs on Twitter. I asked my Twitter followers why the sudden influx, and it seems like a furry named Blaze the Fox posted a picture of themselves in a diaper on Twitter. Blaze said the photo was posted without their consent, but then later taken down. Blaze goes on to say they posted the picture because, quote, I'm just tired of living in fear of wondering what would have happened if more people saw, unquote. It is speculated that because of this tweet and confession, a lot of other furries have come out as baby furs. We have talked on this podcast that there is sometimes a rift between furries and furries that like diapers. We have also mentioned that some furries have two accounts, a diaper account and a non-diaper account. To my knowledge, the response has been positive. If there are any diaper furs listening to this podcast, I just want to say I see you, I love you, and I would love to talk to you. Also in Newsies News, a Chicago leather bar has issued an apology after a comedian made racial and transphobic jokes using a puppet. Videos show puppeteer Jerry Halliday using a black puppet at the bar's 45th anniversary on November 1st. Touches issued a statement saying they are sorry they did not stop the comedian during the show and for not vetting the comedian beforehand. Puddle Scouts issued a statement saying they have removed Touches from their list of LGBTQ plus and kink-friendly businesses. <laughs> This week in Newsies Niche, adult baby bottles. Alex Knight posted on his Instagram a reel showing how you can make an adult baby bottle with three pieces. A spiral mason jar from Amazon, a mason top with a regular mouth ring from Amazon, and a silicone nipple made for mason jars also from Amazon. I will post a link to Alex's video in the show notes. If you're looking for some kinky fun, here are some fun events happening in our communities around the country. If you're in the Chicagoland area, Puddle Scouts has a number of events planned for the month of November, including a Tykeables Takeover happening Saturday the 19th. If you're in Texas, Paws Across Texas, a pup weekend in Austin, is November 11th through the 13th. 
If you're on the East Coast, Lights Out Barks Out is hosting two events, one in New York on Friday, November 11th, and one in D.C. on Saturday, the 12th. Also in New York, there's an ABDL Munch happening Saturday, November 12th from noon to 4 p.m. local time. And make sure to check out the Pet Play Party happening November 25th at the Smitten's Lair in New York. If you're in the Los Angeles area, it's LA Pup Pride Week. Make sure to check out the LA Pup Contest happening Saturday, November 12th at the MCC of the Valley and Bone happening on Sunday, November 13th at the Precinct. Also in Los Angeles is Diaper Active happening December 2nd at the Bullet Bar. And if you're in San Diego, Pampered Diego is Saturday, November 12th at the San Diego Eagle. I will have details on all these events in the show notes. This week in Newsy's Nook, I believe kink events are important to any kink community. If you're lucky enough to live in a big city with a diverse and populated queer community, you might have a fetish night at least once a week, maybe even more. But for those that live in rural or more conservative towns, you might not even have a queer bar. This week, I sit down with Pup Finrer to talk about the new pup night he is starting in a not-so-gay town. I thought it went really well. The first one was really just like a little meetup with just like a few people from like Telegram. But this one, what I think it went really well. I had a lot of pups and I had some non-pup pup admirers that came also and a couple handlers, which I think is great. We had everything from rubber pups to ABDL pups. And I love the whole, um, I love the whole community being there. And the whole spectrum of it. And I should mention that, you know, you are the one that organized it. What made you want to start a pup night? In Ventura is the really big is the really big point because if no one knows Ventura is not really known as like a kinky town. I mean, the closest kink oh. we have is LA. So, what made you want to start a pup night in Ventura? There's a couple reasons why. My pup night, for one, is we'll start with the community. Is kind of a love letter to the community. Um, I've liked pup play for a long time, but it wasn't till really just like four months ago that I was actually able to express it because I was kink shamed for a long time. <laughs> um, and it's just the most inviting and inclusive community that I've been a part of. And I was just welcomed in so quickly and just so, so completely. It was, it was amazing. I absolutely loved it. So that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring some of that to Ventura because I know we have at least a few pups near us that don't get to even go to LA or go to the the pet play moshes or anything like that so I just wanted to bring something right and people traveled far for your event I mean someone traveled from Napomo so if someone doesn't have a map that's like a two-hour drive just to go to this pup night but it shows that you know for those of us that live in far towns from LA we'll travel far to get our socks off or at least see another kinky person Right. Exactly. And that's why I knew this was going to work. Um, one of the people that used to be the resident drag queen at Patty's um, that runs their social media told me, you know, kink nights just don't work here. Aww. And I'm like, I don't think you advertise them well enough. <laughs> mm. And I'm like, I don't think you I don't think you advertise them well enough. And I don't think that they work hard enough to like to actually organize it together versus just saying, oh yeah, we're just going to do this this night. 
Yeah, let's go into that. I mean, what went into planning uh, your pup nights? So one of the things was, you know, I went to Patty's and I asked them about uh, setting up a pup night and they were actually all for it. They're like, oh, yeah, anything that'll bring us money as long as we don't have to pay anything. And, then, <laughs> and I'm like, that's OK. I, I got I got everything. And then I discussed it with the actual owner. His name's Wade. He's a really cool guy. He was like, oh, yeah, we'll even do a drink special. I'm like, that's really good because we're going to be trying to get people from out of town. So having a drink special will will kind of give them a little nudge to go for sure. Yeah. So I was really excited about that. Um, networking is the biggest thing that went into it. I have been going to the L.A. Pup Nights. I My attendance would be in the top 10 percentile. Yeah, like you go I'm all the like, time. I go sometimes three times a week. This next next week, I'll be driving to LA uh, two times, and I'm staying in LA on Friday for a pup because this is a pup pride week. That's right, and and uh, they're they're doing their pup um, contest, right? LA pup contest. Yeah, is LA this pup weekend. pride contest is it's, is this week. It's a Saturday. Wow. Yeah, and we have um, oh, what's his name? But he was at your pup night, and he was telling me how like he's competing and everything. But he actually pup doesn't. Effort. That's right, and he doesn't actually live in L.A. Right? He lives up north. He's the one that lives in the Pomo. There you go. That's another reason of why like your pup night was so important because I'm pretty sure he's like finally something closer to home. Oh, absolutely. And Pop Temper is like one of my 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 best pup friends. Um, we always go to a lot of the, we try to carpool. So like, I'll tell him and another pup, um, that's from that area. I'll say, Hey, meet at my house and we'll all, and then I'll drive to LA so that they could cut out at least an hour of driving. Oh, <laughs> so I know Patty's is predominant. So for those that don't know, Patty's is like the resident gay bar in Ventura. Um, but if you go like any gay bar in any town, there's a lot of, you know, straight people that go. So was it, it sounds like it was pretty easy to convince Patty to allow a kink night. Yes. So it was fairly easy to convince them. Of course they had some, they were skeptic, they were skeptics about it. They didn't think it was going to work, but they said, go for it. You can absolutely do it. Um, they, the thing is, is, is because it's my local gay bar, I do spend a lot of time there. So Mm -hmm. I know every bartender i know all the security guards like so it was very easy um when talking to them about that for sure but um it is one of the struggles we had was the fact that because it's actually i think one of the only gay bars uh lgbtq bars i actually should say on the central coast period well we have other closest one i think is in fresno we have Wildcat in Santa Barbara. But they don't brand themselves as an LGBTQ bar. They're an LGBTQ friendly bar. So I think a lot of people can relate to this, and I'm glad you bring it up, is there are a, if So if you've only ever lived in like LA or San Francisco, you, you will see advertised gay bars. When you live in smaller towns such as we do, such as Ventura or Santa Barbara, you have queer spaces that are friendly, but they're not advertised as queer spaces like for example you bring up patties you know it it self-proclaims as a gay bar but wildcat does does not they they just have rainbows everywhere and they throw pride events and there's also and this other do, bar they do drag brunch 
and they do drag brunch. It's actually very popular right now. Glitter brunch. If you're ever in Santa Barbara, check out Glitter Brunch. Vivian Storm is a wonderful host for that. I but love Vivian Storm. She's so good. I absolutely love her so much. We do karaoke's on Thursdays, and I always like sing to her. And I'm, anyway, I'm not going to go into that. But one thing I did want to ask you because I noticed when you know, reading up on your event, a lot of people were like, why would you want to do it on a Tuesday? Like Tuesdays is like the slowest day. Can you pull back the curtain and explain why a bar might choose Tuesday versus let's say a Friday for a up and coming kink night? So when it comes to setting up an, a, like an event on a weeknight, when I was planning this, I was thinking, okay, I really want patties to go for it. I want it to bring in business on those on one of the nights that they have no business whatsoever. So when you do it on a weeknight, you really got to work really hard to want people to come up. But I also wanted to plan a night where it seemed like most people, um, when they got out of work, they would have time to get up there. That's why it was early. That's why I actually started at eight. It's because mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to have people from LA to come up, spend a little time up there and feel like they had a good night versus, oh, I got here, now I have a drink and I go home. Right. Um, it, it took me two hours to get here and now I have to go home. But us, cent us Central Coast people do it all the time, so. I know, but the problem is, well, the thing is, it's not really a problem. The people in LA, they don't go very far with their confidence, so it's it's a big deal for them. So um, more on, the, on making it on a Tuesday, I, I really wanted to be able to bring in business to the bar. I didn't want a ton of straight people there either because they just don't know. I want, I want, I'm going to want straight people at my event, but I want them coming into my event knowing that it's an event that they need to realize that they need to respect the people there. And so um, starting it on a very busy night where you're going to have a lot of straight couples <laughs> um, would not have worked well for sure okay so the the planning of tuesday was was very intentional actually i to, in my head i thought the bar was just kind of like <clears throat> slowest night is tuesday here you go but you were actually very meticulous in picking like a slow night where you knew there probably wouldn't be a whole lot of straight people but will eventually get there but also people can actually come up to an event during the week exactly and what was the feedback? What was the feedback from one, the bar? What was the feedback from the people that went? So I actually, because I went out of town right afterwards, I haven't been able to get to the bar to talk to the owner about how well it went. Um, I think it went well because we were there. I would say it probably petered out around midnight, which I think is a good time frame, especially for a Tuesday. Um, and the bartender, I, I, this kind of goes into um, like things that I might change also. <laughs> okay. um, the bartender wasn't exactly the most happiest, but it's because I think he wanted, he was at my first one and he's like, oh yeah, do that again. But then when we came in with a lot more pups with their hoods on, he got annoyed checking everybody's IDs. Oh, wait, I'm confused. So he wasn't checking IDs when they had their put pups on? No, they did, but but the first time, because there was only a few, we all, none of us had our hoods when we went inside. Oh, and that so made him... Like check, he could check IDs and he could see us. He, couldn't, he didn't have to make us take off our hoods. 
Oh, and so he got annoyed taking off the hoods and everything. Yeah, and he and I guess it was busier than he expected for a Tuesday. You know, that's a that's a big thing that, you know, I hope I hope I'm able to shed light on a lot for a lot of people who are thinking about starting events because we have gay Santa Barbara up here. It's a local group and he puts on, you know, pop-up gay bars. And the biggest thing that I think organizers, event organizers and bars, there's a disconnect because every time he does a pop-up bar, the bar's always like, Oh, you only need one bartender. And then right. 30 and then 30 gays come through and they're like, Oh no, we don't have enough bartenders for this night. And it's like, yes, because gays love to drink. Right. And we like to get drunk and we like to do things. And so it's I think that I think you bring up a very good point of like if you're thinking about starting an event, think about how many people are gonna show up and kind of convince the bar, like, hey, this is your slow night, but I could probably drop at least 20 people here just yeah. for this event. I think we had about 35, which is great. My first event, like I said, was six pups and like six or seven humans. Like that was about it. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> would you do anything differently? So now that you've done the event, would you do anything right. differently? Yes. Uh, I, I can actually put a, a kind of a time frame on it now. So people know it's not really going to go till two in the morning. They could stay long as they want but i can tell like about eight to twelve is exactly the time that that it's gonna go for um so that's something instead of saying till close which is a very simple thing but you'd be surprised that can make a difference um i would i might be talking to patties about getting possibly a different bartender that day mm -hmm. um, and also a security guard i did figure out that we that we are going to need a security guard because the straights did try to crash it Mm, okay, so let's go into that. You know, straights are allowed in gay bars. That's just of a thing that happens. Um, do you think having a security guard, let's say someone would wanted to start a kink night. Do you think having a security guard just for the fact of it being, you know, this is now a kink space, do you think a security guard would help in that facilitation of straights coming into the bar? Yes, I definitely do, especially when it's a security guard that works the gay bar all the time um i know the security guards at patties that work there they're always even they're some are gay some are straight but they're always like as soon as i'm like what the fuck did he just say they immediately step out and they're like what did he say because they'll go and talk to him um in this case we had we did have i think it was a little after you left actually um a group of straight men and they're straight girlfriends mm -hmm. and they came in and started laughing smacking pup tails oh. which is as you know no no yeah and one of them one of the pups that was there had an inserted tail oh that oh god yeah so you definitely don't want to smack that so that's disrespect off the mat and then i have a go-go um yes you did yes he was very sexy yes, I, did. I had a go-go and when he would get down to take a like a 10 15 minute break they would go and get up on the block the box and start dancing and laughing and the bartender was like i don't want to deal with it i don't have a security guard so i'm like you know what i'll deal with it so i walked up and i told him i said you know you guys have to realize that this isn't your bar and he tried to puff up in my face and say 
this is my bar. I said, really, bitch? Because this is a gay bar. And then he immediately like shrugged. And I was like, yeah. And I said, and so you need to respect this bar because this is my bar and this is my event. And they chilled the fuck out. But I was like, I'm like, this is this is one of the reasons I need to security guard. You know, you bring up a very interesting point and a really big topic of I've been seeing a lot of debate on how, you know, gay bars are becoming more friendly spaces, right? They're very accepting open spaces. It's always advertised as like we're a very open space. But for some reason, I always see comments of like, you know, straight people going into bars and just not respecting the space. I mean, in your opinion, what do you think could solve that issue other than a security guard? I mean, is it more outreach? Is it more making more making more straight friends so that we can educate them? I mean, what's the solution there? Well, that's actually one of the reasons I have my event. Um, having things like more events, making making kinks normalized for adults in general, and having more more. Well, I'm repeating myself, but having more events, like I said, <laughs> where straight people can come in and they can be respectful. So a lot of it is just kind of introduction and normalizing a lot of the stuff that we do and that we like and to show that it's not something, everybody has kinks, right? Whether you want to believe it or not, everybody has kinks. It's just what happens that some kinks are are more normal than others, which I think is complete BS. (laughs) And so just saying like, these are all kinks and these are all us. And we're all here and we're all here to enjoy ourselves and enjoy our culture. Gay culture is based part of what we have now with gay culture is all because of the kinks, the leather from the, from the late sixties through the eighties. That's kind of how pup play started was with leather dom sub. Like these are all safe spaces and safe small groups that we could all come together and be ourselves in. So we all need to understand that we have to, we have to, um, we have to understand each other. We have to be willing to accept each other. Right. You bring up a very good point. I mean, you know, I've always been of the understanding that the reason why ABDL is so um, misunderstood is because it's not shown anywhere, right? There's always this right. level of shame to it. So no one really goes out in public and shows it. And so no one really knows what it is. So when so when people encounter it, they're like, I don't know how I feel about this. I've never seen it, which is a normal response. Well, yeah. The first time I, you're going to think this is funny. The first time I ever encountered ABDL, I was probably 13, middle of the night, watching Uh-oh. HBO's Real Sex. Oh, that's a horrible That, that was <laughs> not the best. That did not put ABDL in the best light. It really did not. <laughs> no, probably not the best. But, you know, probably it's like 2000, a- shoot, that was early 2000s. Dang. No, no, you're right. Some sometimes the first representations of kink happen to be on television. And so yeah. I mean, look at what Fifty Shades of Grey did. It both educated and diseducated a, a whole pub a whole population, a whole generation, actually. That's actually what I'm afraid from what I've been hearing about the new season of American Horror Story. Oh, oh that's right. It's because all it's about, to be I like, haven't watched it, but I've heard it's all about gay culture, cruising, and like how we hook up with people at bars and like kink scene, like our kink stuff. And that's, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want everybody to know about that. 
<laughs> Ryan Murphy, don't tell them all our secrets. Don't tell them how perverse we actually are. Well, it's also then you're just, then it's just not going to be fun anymore because everybody's going to know. <laughs> That's, you're right. But going back to your event, I think, you know, you bring up a very good point of that's why I think drag brunches are kind of very important. I know they're kind of controversial in some parts of the country, but I think they play a very vital role of, you know, drag queens aren't scared to be like, hey, don't do that. That's not what we do here. You know, they're not trying to be mean. They're just saying, like, in right. our space. We don't do that. And for you to have your pub night, you are slowly educating the straights that do come in saying like, hey, when you, when we're dressed like this, you act like this. Right. It's not a power thing. It's not a it's not like a, we're more macho than you. Thing. It's just a respect thing. It comes with the culture. You know, you wouldn't want someone to, you know, do something weird at, you know, your event. So don't do something weird at our event. Exactly. There you go. What advice would you give to someone who, let's say they are in a rural town or in a town that doesn't have kink nights? I mean, what would be the first piece of advice if they wanted to start a kink night at their local quote unquote queer space bar? Don't be afraid to get out and meet people, talk to people in the community go to the surrounding cities, go to other events, make yourself known. Networking is the biggest deal. I am not special in any way. <laughs> Anybody can do what I did, but if you're too introverted and too to yourself, you can't. It's the only thing. You just have to be willing to get out. It's a lot of energy. You just have to be willing to get out and make yourself and your event known. Because I was so welcomed with my event by the LA pup community. Um, Chewy, who runs Chewy's Kennel, which is on the second Tuesday of each month. He's just about to celebrate his one-year anniversary. Yes, I kind of want to so go. Helpful. Yeah, he's so helpful to me. He actually inspired my event. Aww. So helpful to me. He has helped put out my... Uh, my flyers he's given me tips on how to advertise and like what i can do with my event as well as um pup star o orion who was 2020 2021 pup pride winner they have super helpful with me as well mm -hmm. um the current pup pride kieran also been on the and show. also been super she is so sweet so, so sweet. sweet they're all so sweet and they've all been so helpful that it's it's that's what you need to do is you need to go out and you need to meet these pups or these, these kinksters, whatever kink you're into. Like you have to go out and meet them. They're always accepting that I've seen. If they're not, then they're not worth it. a good not point. Worth what happens if, I mean, I already know the answer, but it kind of feels like there's really no gatekeeping when you are, when you're really trying to help the community. Like if you're really trying to help your kink space, you don't really encounter very much gatekeeping. Would you, what would, do you agree with that? I would have, I mean, I didn't see too much of it. I mean, you do get a couple here and there that are kind of more about their own stuff and don't really want as though there's some, as though we're not just here for the same goal. But other than that, like, I don't really see, I haven't really encountered too much of it. Got it. So if you wanted to start a kink night in your, in your little town, just network with, the people who already 
right? It's it's kind of like what RuPaul always says. We've already created the wheel, so don't re- recreate it. Just kind of copy it and exactly. put, make it your own. Exactly. Make it your own. That's absolutely correct. And just getting out there, talking to the community, letting people know of what you're thinking. I got so much positive feedback from the pups that went. And I was really surprised because I kind of thought it was a little too boring. <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, I I think it wasn't boring, but that's one of the things I'm working on is I'm trying to think of like new things I can have. Like, I wish I could have a mosh area. Oh, like I yeah. do. I really wish I could. I don't, I, I don't have the ability at this time. Doesn't mean I'm not going to want to do that in the future. Mm-hmm. We could totally take up part of the dance floor and do mosh. Oh yeah. Do a little mosh area easily, but I'm, I'm not there yet. We don't have the funds. We we're, we don't have the uh, we don't have the means of, of doing it yet. Right. No. I I thought your event was was great. You know. It. I think whatever weirdness I think people were feeling. I don't think it was so much of the event or the people. I think it was just because it was we were doing something in a space that hadn't been done before. So it was kind of like everyone was trying to see like, can I do this? Can I do that? Right. And that was one of the things is my flyers said to say like no exposed asses and the bar was like, you have to do that. I'm like, I know. Cause they can't work. Ventura County has an ordinance, <laughs> no exposed female presenting nipples and no exposed ass cracks. So you could put tape over your, over a female presenting nipple and you'd be fine. Uh huh. And you can put, you could put tape over your your ass crack. Your ass crack. <laughs> How interesting. Okay, well then, I, that you know, that's another tip for people who live in rural towns that want to start kink nights is check your local ordinances. There might yeah. be a rule <laughs> that's preventing you from doing it. And the and that's and luckily the bar knew that rule. Of course, they're a gay bar; they would know that rule. Are you kidding me? I would walk around patties with a jock strap all the time. <laughs> now I'm kind of. I was wearing my jockstrap that night, but thank God I kept my pants on. There you go. Um, you know, let's talk about money because I think that's another thing that people always think about when they're the, when they're thinking about starting an event. I mean, did this event cost you anything? It, it, you know, what's really nice is I had friends that were all willing to chip in. That's good. My go-go was free. I didn't pay for him. He's my best friend, and he just he wanted to be part of the community and he wanted to come out. I took him to a couple pup events in LA, and he was all about it. So he's like, I'm just going to do it for fun and practice and whatever tips I get is great. And if I don't get any, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. I had another pup who brought the Scooby snacks. So that was really cool. So we got to hand out Scooby snacks and I didn't spend too much on it. I spent a little bit of my own money. You don't do these events to make money. If, right. if you do any, if you get any money from these events, like if you're in LA and you get a bag check or like, you're up here and, and you might like sell jello shots or something, that money's going to go right back into it. Cause you, this is a labor of love. It's not a labor of making any money. <laughs> right. Right. If you, if you truly, if you're truly trying to do something good, it'll all kind of pay for itself in other ways. Kind of. Absolutely. And that's why I'm really excited to do this one for the next month. Um, I should have the flyer out this week. Uh, it will be on the November 29th. So it's going to be the, the last Tuesday of the month, right after Thanksgiving. And yeah, I'm, I'm getting some stuff planned up. It's going to be a little similar than last time, but we're going to tighten the reins in, the, in a few good ways. All right. So we have networking with other people, 
you know, make sure to check out your local ordinances, make sure to get a security guard. What about you? I mean, I think like with anything, you want an event to go so well that sometimes we overthink it. I mean, when you did your first event, were you like, oh, if I don't get 20 people, I'm never doing this again? I mean, what kind of navigated your brain into not having too many negative thoughts? Well, I tried to keep in mind, my, my brain goes a thousand miles a minute. It always does. It's kind of the way my brain works. I have to work really hard to dial my brain back. <laughs> and so I had to keep in mind for the first event, this is a proof of concept. This is just to see if we could get any pups other than ones that live five minutes away. And we had one pup from LA and we had, and we had a couple pups from Santa Barbara and my pup friend Delta came down from Santa Maria and it was fun and it was great. And we even pulled a pup in from the random crowd that was there who just oh, really? happened to be in town. He's like, yeah, I'm a pup. I don't have any of my gear, but can I join you guys? And he hung out with us all night. Oh, fun. Like those little things are wins to me when I saw that, because I know I'm like, if I did that, that's one person on a random Tuesday out of a bar that maybe had 10 people in it before we got there. Nice. So things like that are little wins. You have to count your little wins. There you go. That's how you you see the success. Count your little wins. I like that. No, I thought, no, I thought it was great. Um, Last question for you before we go, you know, you said you're planning for an, for another event. What, what do you think is the next step for your pup events? I mean, you know, now that you, you had your first event, you found the people, the second event, you know, I think you're finding your groove. What, what's the step now for your next event? How are you going to, how are you going to one up yourself one more time? I'm going to try to add little aspects. I'm going to try to build it slowly. I'm going to try to see if I can continue to get more people up. Now that there's a little buzz, I do kind of want, before I do too much, I want to see how much this next one, how well this next one does. Um, and right now I'm just going to kind of start doing a little fine tuning. So I, I kind of have a plan of what I want to do. Um, I want to get the kinks worked out of my main concept first, and then I'll be looking at expanding with new stuff. Nice. Very cool. And then one question I had, but I waited till the end because I didn't know what the answer was going to be, but you did bring up that you were kink shamed at one point. I'm just wondering is that related to being in a non-kinky town? Is that where that came from? No, um, maybe partially because, you know, the environment that we grow up in is going to see how many people are actually kinky or not when it comes to that type of stuff. But mainly I was in a um, abusive relationship. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we can talk about it. Only if you want to, because I was going to, because, you know, that's another reason why a lot of people don't talk about kinks in towns such as ours, because, you know, kink shaming happens all the time, right? People don't know. And so I was just kind of curious if like maybe the kink shame came from being in Ventura. I always, no, it's not. Um, But it it comes from things like having um, significant others that are, uh, that can be emotionally abusive you express that you like something and then they, they compare you to bestiality or they Mm. compare you to, they say, they can shame. Do you really want to be seen like that? Do you really want to be known as that person? Like they, they shame you out of it. That's very traumatizing. I mean, how, how did you 
how did you overcome obviously you overcome it because now you run a kink night but like let's let, that's the end tell me what happened in between the moment you were kink shamed and starting the pub night that really got you through it i got those negative people out of my life completely mm. um when you get rid of the people when you start it, it's good to like view yourself view your friends and the people that you hang out with and say how do each of these people make me feel genuinely with everything they say to me and when you can get away from the people that speak to you negatively or you can identify that early and just not be, be their close friends you know that's what got me to the point where I felt free I felt like I could do whatever I wanted and it was kind of a little bit of a path of self-discovery self to get there you can't hide yourself if you're going to do something like this like you can hide, like you don't have to be known, like as far as your face, but to yourself, you can't hide yourself from yourself. You have to be completely honest with yourself and the people that are going, that are going to be involved. That's such an important piece of information. I truly, I truly do believe that. I truly do believe that, you know, the people I think that are so sexy at those kink nights are the people that just truly know themselves, right? Like Pup Temper knows himself or themselves, I don't know his pronouns, but they know themselves so well in and out that I kept staring at, not to be weird, I kept staring at him You're because- You're not being weird and he'll love to hear this. Because he he was just so into being a pup. I mean, literally like golden retriever energy, like- Oh yes, and he's a service pup. And, and he loves to be a service pup. <laughs> like he wanted to jump in when I was talking to those guys and they, and I'm, pretty good on my own my friends knew that and were like just stay stay <laughs> temper sit and he's a good little boy so he sat yeah but that no that's a very that's a very good point you know like you know knowing yourself truly you know if you know yourself no one really you know people can say things but they can't hurt you because you know yourself is kind right. of what i'm hearing exactly i <laughs> things people can make fun of me now before they'd make fun of me and I'd get in a little ball and be like all sad. I, I sit there and be like, that's so sad that you can't be honest with yourself. And that's why you're making fun of me. That's so sad. Mm -hmm. That's always yeah. what I do. And because now you're starting to really like go through your list of people you surround yourself, do you find yourself being more happier, more energetic, more, more authentically yourself? Completely. Absolutely. I am becoming less and less ashamed of who I am every day nice and it's that yeah. it's that fun intersection of it's interesting how like diving yourself into kink and learning about yourself learning what turns you on learning learning these I won't call them disgusting but parts of ourselves we don't like to show off and deep right. diving into them we learn so much about ourselves I always like to say that kinky people know themselves better than vanilla people Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And something that I've noticed is there are some some kinky people that are straight narcissists, but they're actually the, the minority, um, the crazy minority. Most of the kinksters that I have met are so sweet and so genuine. We had a couple kinksters there that um, saw it on Fat Life and were like, let's go support them. And then and then they're like, we're going to come next month, too. We're going to be here and support you. And I didn't even know them. 
I'm like, that's amazing. I love that. That's why I love this community. All of it. All the all the communities were all really all one giant community. Well, that's why I went out because I was like, well, shoot, you know, if I don't want to drive to LA, I need to make this Ventura pup night work. So I'm going to, I'm going to at least show up to this one. Right. Cause that's really how, what it takes, right. That's how events thrive and survive is you show up, right. It maybe right. You, I came with the intention of if I show up, maybe this kink night will continue. That was my intention. Yeah. And sometimes and that's, that's enough. That's what pups need to do. They, if you show up, more people, more people, pups that show up will will see that there's other pups there. They'll want to keep coming. Like that's how it needs to build. We need to have a core group that is willing to to that believes in this. Not just my core friends, but we really need to try to expand that core group that believes in it every time we put one on. Yeah, I mean, right? And even if so, let's say even if so, let's say you know you go because I'm trying to make this as broad as possible, but you know, if you do have a local kink night in your town, going to it is like feeding it, right? If you Absolutely. keep feeding it, it'll can, can you continue to grow. So maybe you didn't have the greatest night at one kink night, but it's your only kink night in town. Right. Give it another shot. Give it another try because who knows if you stop going, other people might stop going and then it dies off. And then now you've Absolutely. lost a kink night. Right. Exactly. And, and we don't want that to happen. We want this to continue. And I, and I hope that this helps other people to want to make a kink night because that's the only way that we're going to be able to normalize it. That's the only way we're going to be able to have something like this without um, people that are unfamiliar, making fun of us or doing stupid stuff. You know, that's how we're going to be able to actually be out of the closet. There you not go. Walmart. That's the thing. It's not, we're not Walmart gay people. We're not the overly confident, happy all the time, have all the sly comments. I mean, like I am, but. <laughs> right. There you go. Coming out of the closet again. This time is kinky. I mean, it truly, not to, we could talk for hours on that, but truly oh, coming out as kinky is like coming out of the closet again. But again, to the point of these kink nights, having these kink nights gives kinky people spaces, but they also educate, right? We also talked about Absolutely. that. They educate straight people. They educate other people who are gay, who are, are like, huh, seems interesting. Yeah. I might try it. There you go. Well, thank you, Pup Fenrir, for coming to Newsy's Nook. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Of course. Bye. <laughs> The next Ventura Pup Night will be Tuesday, November 29th at 8 p.m. at Patty's. Come and support this growing king community. All right, kiddos, I'm officially soggy. I gotta go change. See ya. Bye. Ha. It's no secret that I'm a mega soaker. Sometimes I just put on a diaper, drink a little water, and bam, I'm leaking all over the place. And I'm left thinking, is it me? Am I the soaker? And then I found North Shore's Mega Maxes. Have you seen them? They say they can last up to 12 hours. 12 hours, I know! And they come in a variety of colors like white, 
pink, tie-dye, and blue, my favorites is blue. And the best part is, it's anti-odor, so I can be my little stinker self all I want. If you want to get your grabby hands on them, just look in the show notes of this episode. I got you. It's like what North Shore always says, be dry, be confident, be you.